Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. This is Sports Day for Kia. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car. They made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Yes, hello and welcome to Sports Day SA on this cool Tuesday afternoon here in Adelaide. Now, if you want to join us on the show today... Make sure you give us a call or a text in on the week, week's open line. Discover exceptional service. Week's homes. Discover difference. So text in on 0427 154 166 or give us a call on 1300 736 736. Now, I'm very uh, happy to introduce the voice of the 36ers here in Adelaide on SEN, Paul Bonzo. Bonds, how are you going today? I'm good, men. And you're sitting in the big chair today. This is exciting. This is exciting. A little bit different here on a Tuesday afternoon, but um, it's great to have you on board with me and uh, hopefully you won't walk out at any stage. But um, I, I, am, I might, depending on what you say to me, I might walk out. I might get offended. But no, unlikely. Um, it, look, great. You're going to see the ship beautifully. I know we're going to go fine today. So what uh, what we got on today, Mitch? Yeah, absolutely. What have we got so on? Coming up later in the show, we're going to talk with Brenton Phillips. So obviously the SA talent manager. It'd be great to have a chat with him about the upcoming draft. We're going to do our true or false, and we're going to go through my men's American sport update for this Beautiful. Tuesday afternoon. So before we jump into all of that, let's get to the hot topic. And the hot topic is thanks to Char Time, the home of freshly brewed tea, First tea at Char Time, explore our ready-made signature drink range inspired by Char Time fan faves. And look, there's a couple of things we could talk about today, but I think, Bonds, we've probably got to go to the Brownlow medal scandal. It is the hot topic, isn't it? Um, There's been some people have been spoken to by police, and there's probably going to be some charges laid, it looks like. Yeah, so there's four people involved. Uh, The umpire's name is Michael Pell. It came out, obviously... Over the past 24 hours, and it's uh, it's a really murky one, this one. There's, um, there was a number of bets made or laid across multiple betting platforms, and what I read today was they were the same amount on each betting platform. So it's something that obviously raised an alarm to the AFL, and they've uncovered something here, and it's, uh, it's not that different to a couple of things that have gone around in the past. I mean, there's a Netflix documentary out at the moment, yes. Operation Flagrant Foul. You would have seen that. I, I have, have no seen doubt. It. Yes. Um, so that's about an NBA referee named Tim Donaghy who in 2007 gave information to gamblers about how he would referee games. So he would also bet on those games too. So it put him in a really tricky spot. It's, um, it's a great watch. Bad sport's another one. There's plenty out there. But, um, yeah, look, there's going to be plenty that we hear about this over the coming weeks and potentially even longer than that. Yeah, Michael Pell, you mentioned him. Um, he's, it's his first year doing AFL games. Yes. Like his first year on the senior panel. He did 16 games. And the, and the betting was – for people that haven't heard, have been living under a rock all day or too busy at work, um, the betting was, okay, in this round, I'm going to put a bet on this guy getting X amount of votes. 
and it was the games that Michael Pell was umpiring. Yes, which when you Pretty hear damning. It like that, that's uh, there's no real way around it, is there? That's um, it's really concerning. Uh, it's something that you hope doesn't happen in society, but obviously um, it's happened in all sports across the world. Bad sport. They touch on Hansi Konya. There's plenty of examples of this across the world, unfortunately, and you, you hope that it doesn't make its way to the AFL circles, and particularly. It's a little bit different from mine. Um, you can't bet on sport, but when you're the actual person who's giving the votes, you actually know 100% the answer. Um, there's no real coming back. And, and we should say this is what's been reported. Uh, we don't know this is fact, but uh, it's fairly strong. The report's out that this is what's happened and what the police are investigating. And I, I look, if true, I think uh, all those, the four guys that are involved, they're in a bit of trouble. They will be in a lot of strife. And, and it's rightly a- so. Oh, 100%. You can't, absolutely can't do that. Um, it brings a game into disrepute. You can't do that. And obviously today what it's done is it's brought up a lot of conversations around should the umpires actually be giving the votes for the Brownlow medal. And there's been plenty of talk out there. I think we might go to a bit of audio here from Dane Zorko. Let's hear his opinion on this matter. Just the social media stuff that I've been sort of reading and sifting through is they're saying this is another reason as to why umpires shouldn't have to vote straight yeah. after the game. Leave it to an expert panel that can decide. Don't leave it up to the umpires. Take that responsibility off them. I mean, I don't know if that's the way, but now there's three and next year there's going to be four by the sounds. And now the fact that there's, well, there's three at the moment, they're all sort of in different thirds of the ground. So you're not actually seeing Mm. who's the most influential the whole Mm. time, in my opinion. I agree. I'd give it to someone who's who's been watching the game and sitting up high and understands what's happened throughout the whole game and, and decide from there. So there you have it, Dane Zorko there, obviously the Brisbane footballer, talking about whether the umpires should be doing it, whether an expert panel should be doing it. Bonds, I'd be interested to know your opinion on this one. Do we stick with the umpires with the Brownlow votes or do we potentially, now that this has happened, look at an alternative option? I don't think I don't think the umpires have got it wrong very often. Generally, the, the best player in the competition it does have a Brownlow hanging around his neck. It's a couple of times there's been some conversations about should this player have won it in that year? Should this player have won it? I wouldn't mind combining. I still think the umpire should vote. It's been that way for 100 years, and that's the way it should stay in my mind. But I wouldn't mind adding another element to it. So maybe a media person, maybe an ex-player at each ground gets votes as well. Yep. However, so- that then opens the gate. <laughs> for more issues. It, it 100% does because we've obviously – there's a lot of awards out there with the AFL Coaches Award, the AFL Players Award, um, each obviously city and newspaper votes on games. Um, I agree with you in that that I would keep it with the umpires. Uh, not many people obviously like the umpires. They do a job which when they have – when they make a really good decision, they've had a great day, they don't get thanked. So this is part of their role. It's a really tough role for them. And I think if you then give it to an expert panel, then the question comes in around who, how um, that's decided. Uh, is there any bias there? Um, potentially scrutiny as well around going, well, you've got two Hawthorne players that have just um, selected three players in a Hawthorne-Richmond game where it was very tight and it was all Hawthorne players. You, you open yourself up and so yes. – I think the other thing it does too, it makes it easier to predict um, to the general public in terms of who's going to win because you'll have these analysts talking on the radio the next day about who they thought the best player on the ground was. And so the anonymous factor of it from the umpires, I feel like, will be taken away. Yeah, I agree. I, I think just I'll probably leave it as it is. The more I think about it, it's, it's not a broken system. There's an issue here. 
So let's knock this issue on the head. But uh, I don't think it's broken. I think generally, and especially probably over the last 20 years, I can't remember one player that's won the Brownlow medal that didn't deserve it. No, you're right. There's, there's occasionally a questionable one, but they are all great players. And so I think that that is probably the way we'll, that it will stay. And I think that that's what we're thinking here as well. So I want to move forward now. I want to move on to the Adelaide women's football team. So they've had a massive 72 hours and I want to touch on a um, really sad uh, moment for the Adelaide Crows girls. They found out yesterday the passing of Heather Anderson, who was unfortunately only 28 years of age. She played all eight games in 2017 and was a part of the inaugural winning grand final team against Brisbane in that 2017 year. Really sad for the footy club um, that's going into a prelim final this week. Extremely difficult for those girls to prepare and, and deal with this week. The one thing that sticks out when you said that is she was only 28. That's far too young for any person to pass away. And obviously our condolences are with the family and, you know, with the club because you form – and you would know, Dan, more than anything, that with teams and team sports, you form bonds with people. And that's probably one of the big reasons why you play because of the friendships you earn and make playing sport. Absolutely. The camaraderie that you get from that group of people around you that um, basically they're out there on the field with you every single time and you you share the wins, you share the losses. And so extremely tough time. And as you said, um, definitely feeling for those at the Adelaide Women Footy Club. And so just on that, I want to touch on this week. They take on Brisbane on Friday night at Metricon Stadium at 6.40. Obviously, a really tough matchup. Brisbane finished on top of the table. More than likely the favourites to win it. Let's have a listen right now to Mariana Ricic on uh, the relief, I guess, of getting through the weekend. I guess the feeling was, you know, pure joy, really. Um, we've worked so hard. This year is a long year. So to, um, to obviously be disappointed with the result the week before um, and now to put ourselves into another prelim, I know everyone was you know, overjoyed and, and super happy. And um, and I guess personally not having Chelsea play and and her be healthy, um, it was it was kind of a win that we wanted her to be able to play another game of footy this year. So, yeah, it was great. There you go, Mariana Ricic there talking about the relief on winning on the weekend and Chelsea Randall who will come back in this weekend, which they're going to need because Brisbane have been the best team all year. They're going to be extremely hard to beat up there. They need Randall running through the middle and, and getting clearances. That, that's She's been outstanding all year and she needs to play, play a big part if the Crows are going to get across the line against the Lions on Friday night. seven ten Adelaide time. So uh, that's what I'll be doing Friday night. I'll be uh, doing sports day and then checking out of here and sitting in front of one of the big screens here and watch some footy. And hopefully watch the Crows girls get into another grand final. Melbourne plays North Melbourne on Saturday at Icon Park at 2.40 in the other preliminary final. And we want North Melbourne to win that. Yes, they've come from eighth, so it would be great. So if North Melbourne win and the Crows win, then it's a – it's a Crows home final. Yes, which would be huge yes. here in Adelaide, obviously. So it would be similar to last year, obviously, hosting the grand final. I want to move on to, Bonds. Uh, the World Cup soccer is just around the corner. Uh, Australia has obviously made the final. So I want to move on to the tournament, which starts Monday morning at 2.30 a.m. our time. It's Qatar, who is the host of the tournament. They're playing against Ecuador. Um, I just want to touch on Australia. So they are currently ranked number 38 in the world. Now, this is a tough group that we are in. We have France, the current world champions, the holders who are ranked number four. We've got Denmark, who is ranked 10th in the world, and Tunisia, who is 30th in the world. 
How do you think we're going to fare in the uh, World Cup coming up in Qatar? Yeah, not great. <laughs> uh, I, I can't see the Aussies winning a game. Well, I, I hope they do. Look, I think everyone hopes they do. But if we're being 100% honest, I can't see Australia getting a point. Yeah, look, it's going to be very tricky. I mean, we have France first up uh, Wednesday next week at 5.30 in the morning. Going to be extremely difficult. They've got incredible depth again this year. Tunisia is the one for mine. That's Saturday the 26th at 8.30 our time. So it's actually it's at night time. It's yes. a good time slot. That's the one for mine that if we are any chance of progressing, a draw at very least, but a win is obviously extremely important because Denmark are a good side too. There's going to be some great teams going around. Harry Kane, Harry Kane won the Golden Boot last tournament with six goals in just three games for England. Um, there's a couple of teams that I really like, Bonds, but I'd love to hear who you potentially fancy in the tournament. Oh, look, I think it's Brazil, but I, I'd love to see the Poms go okay. They're winning a lot of things at the they moment. Are, they are dominant <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> they are, so why not? I, I would, yeah, look, it's always, I guess, you know, we're very close to the English with our cricket ties and, um, you know, they're easy to pay out, which is good. So, I, I look, I'd love to see them. They've done not so well in, in soccer tournaments in previous they years. They have struggled. They have struggled a little bit. So maybe it's maybe it's the year of the lion. That would be huge. It's coming home. They are absolutely on that bandwagon. It'd be great to see. Another team that I actually, a little bit of an outsider, the Netherlands, ranked eighth in the world. I think they've got a really nice draw. Um, them and England are in a really good part of the draw, that if they can get through and win their groups, which I think they will, it's going to set up for them beautifully in the tournament. And I'm with you as well. I think Brazil, they've got Neymar, Richarlison, Casemiro. There are so many players in there that are absolute stars in the world and they're going to be hard to beat. So that starts Monday morning at 2.30am. Qatar, the host, the controversial host, uh, kicking it off against Ecuador. So make sure you tune in for that. And you can hear every game on SEN, Dan. Oh, I love that. So we'll be tuning in on SEN and... Also, make sure you stream every NFL game this season live on NFL Game Pass. Visit nflgamepass.com. Time for a break. You are listening to Sports Day SA. You're listening to Sports Day for Kia. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car. They made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Welcome back to Sports Day SA. We are going to be chatting with Brenton Phillips in around about 15 minutes' time. So hang around if you want to hear what next upcoming superstars will get drafted uh, here in South Australia. But before we do that, we're going to move to our segment, which is True or False, which is brought to you by Toolkit Depot, your trade pro partner. Toolkit Depot, shop the huge range of tools, equipment, safety gear and workwear. Bonds, I'm going to let you kick us off today with true or false. What have you got for me? Not sure it needed a drum roll, but here it is anyway. Uh, true or false, Dan, there will be an independent inquiry into betting in the AFL after this little scandal. Absolutely, that is true. It's uh, like we They said, can't help themselves, can they? No, they can't. Um, the independent inquiry will definitely come and we'll get some results from that. So that is true. I feel like we might get a few of these True answers today. Um, I think you're going to go this way as well. I'm going to go to this. England's going to still be celebrating Thursday when they play the one day here in, at Adelaide Oval against Australia off the back of their T20 World Cup win. I hope so, but I'm going to say false. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, they'll be fine. Good. What have you got for me All right. next? Uh, true or false? Travis Head will consolidate his opening spot in the one day team over the next uh, three games. 
That is true. He uh, has obviously been playing Sheffield Shield cricket here in Adelaide, obviously been playing at the Adelaide Oval. Um, everyone else has been at the T20 World Cup, so I feel like he's going to be ready. He's going to be right to go. Hopefully they are still celebrating the Poms and he doesn't get uh, the best version of them. He can get off to a really nice start in the one day and can continue that form on throughout. So I'm going to say true on that one. I agree with you. Go, Hedy. Uh, true or false, Bonds, Qatar is going to get through this World Cup unscathed. Well, uh, what do you mean? Like, no, there'll be no dramas? Yeah, there'll be no dramas is the question. I'm, the tournament will be great. It always yes. is. Yes. But in terms of everything that's been, um, I guess, yes. everything else bubbling around, Qatar. Uh, yes, they, true, they will get through it fine. All right. Um, my next true or false is... Port, this is a pretty easy one. Port Adelaide will ask the AFL to wear the prison bars during the season. True or false? That is the easiest true or false I've ever had. That is true. That is absolutely going to come up. Uh, we probably could have chucked in there that Collingwood will oppose it as well, and that will no doubt happen. And Bonds, you'll be talking about it at some stage for multiple weeks throughout the season. Uh, we're going to go. We're going to stick with Victoria and South Australia here. I'm going to okay. say true or false, Bonds. After visit Victoria's sponsorship win with Netball Australia. The South Australian government has won up the Vicks with the Festival of Footy and Live Golf in April next year. Absolutely true. And the Premier here is flying. He is flying. He is absolutely flying and he's winning votes even when he doesn't need them at the moment. He is absolutely flying. He's bringing – he's spending a little bit of money, but he's bringing dollars into the state, which can only be a good thing. Who would have thought a country or a local footballer would uh, win over the crowd, Bonds? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Fantastic. All right, true or false, the Strikers will play finals this year. The women's or the Season. men's version? The men's. The men's, the, the men's version, I'm going to absolutely say true on that one. I'm going to back in, obviously, the stars that we have in the lineup. Um, Rashid Khan, obviously, is back. He was uh, always going to be retained by the yes. Strikers. Uh, some really good young talent coming through too. So. I'm going to say true on that one. I'm very buoyant about the strikers' hopes. What do you think on that one? Yeah, I agree. And I think Lynn Sanity will have a fair tournament as well. And just a special mention to former Woodville District Creek Club coach, uh, Carl Hooper's been named an assistant in the last hour or so by the Adelaide Strikers men's team. So big Carl Hooper, the West Indian, will be uh, on the bench with Dizzy. That is massive. I think great point as well on Chris Lynn as well. That's uh, It's gone under the radar, that uh, that uh, signing for the Adelaide Strikers. I think he's going to be huge uh, down here at the Adelaide Youth policy. Level. Absolutely, youth policy. All right, Bonds, true or false, Australia will at least get a draw in the upcoming Soccer World Cup. Yeah, well, I just said in the last segment they won't. So I, I can't uh, – uh, that's false. Never has there been a falser word. I hope they do, but I think it's false. Yeah, I, I'm a bit sceptical as well. Tunisia, as I touched on, they're the one that we need to at least get a point. If we can get a win, you never know. But uh, I'll probably with you there, unfortunately. I think it'll be false. All right, my last true or false is Rory Sloan will not captain the Adelaide Crows next season. I'm going to say true. I don't know who is going to captain the Adelaide Crows. I don't know if there was a clear standout, unfortunately. Um but I think Rory's at an age now where he can lead without having the title. Uh, he needs to get his body right. Uh, he's going to be extremely important for them. He doesn't need the title. Uh, the question for mine would be who potentially might it be? Do you have someone? Well, no, I don't. But let's hear from Rory. See what that he says. That chat is something that I always have with the footy club is what's best for the footy club, really. Um, and if that's me going into next year, then absolutely. I'll love and cherish cherish that role. If that's someone else, then that's amazing too. Um I've said this a million times, like leadership's never about having a title. No matter 
what my title is at the footy club, I'll lead the same way. Yeah, so there you have it, Rory Sloan there. So he's still up for the opportunity if it comes uh, to be the captain next year, but he's happy either way. So that there was true or false. That is brought to you. Thank you to the eight-seat Kia Carnival, a grand utility vehicle. Make sure you stick around on Sports Day SA. Next up, we'll be speaking to the SA talent manager, Brenton Phillips. Stay around on Sports Day. This is Sports Day for Kia. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car. They made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Welcome back to Sports Day SA. Dan Menzel here with Paul Bonser, and we're going to go to the week's open line Discover exceptional customer service, weeks homes, discover different. Shout out to Jason from Marula Bug, Victoria, who is tuning in, a uh, very avid listener here on Sports Day. And we're going to go now, Bonds, we're going to jump to our next guest. And so this man, he knows as much as anyone about talent in South Australia. He's been around for a long time. He was my coach in the under-18s, actually, and uh, I'm really excited to have him on. He has um, been around a long time, if that's the case. Then. Absolutely, because I'm starting to get on now. But uh, just before we get to him, you can rely on your local Repco Authorised Service Centre for expert car service. Book online at repcoservice.com. Brenton Sticks Phillips, welcome to Sports Day SA. Daniel, how are you? My favourite player of all of them. Yes, I've worded him up well, Bonds. Oh, no, I'm going well, thanks, Sticks. How about yourself? Yeah, pretty good, thanks. Pretty good. Now, you're obviously in the talent manager role at the moment. You coached SA in the under-18s for how many years? Well, it's about 13, I think, in the end. 13 years. You've obviously had a lot of success and a lot of great players. Um, do you get asked by many people who the best is that you've seen come through? Oh, Daniel Menzel, by far. Outside he's, of... He's number one. Come on, Sticks. Number one. <laughs> move on, Outside move of on. myself, I would actually like to know, is there... If, when you'd obviously get asked this question, I'm guessing that you'd it's give Troy it a straight back. We had Troy Menzel after that one. So it's, uh, <laughs> this, keep it all in the fence. This guy oh, is look, good. It's hard to really um, define them, I reckon. You know, each year, we South Australia always produce good footballers. There's no question about that. Our systems... Uh, in terms of our uh, development programs at our clubs. So they come into our clubs, at, some of them come in at 13 years of age and, and progress in our development squads through the under-15s, 16s, and then into that under-18 competition. So we have a fantastic structure, so it's, it's great to watch them come through year in, year out. But, you know, there's been some fantastic... Isaac Rankin's probably the one that really, to me... I'm looking forward to his next few years of football to see where he can elevate his game. Um, Jack Graham um, was another one that's really... Uh, I really got a lot of joy out of watching Jack come through. There wasn't a lot of raps on him in his 18th year, um, but in his 16th year and even in his 18th year, he won the medal for the best player in the competition in terms of the national championships. So um, he was always going to go on to be something special. And then you then you get the blokes like Caleb uh, Daniels, who everyone said, no, nah, couldn't get drafted, too small, not good enough, and then goes on to get drafted and becomes a premiership player. Those are the ones that excite you the most. Yeah, some good names there. I have no doubt that you won't be the only person in Adelaide excited about Isaac Rankin's year next season for the Adelaide Crows. Uh, a couple of guys I want to touch on, uh, a couple of guys that I've played with at the Wolverhurst Tyrants last year, Mateus Philippou and Adam DeLoya. Now, yep. first question sticks on this is, these two guys, now, when did you notice these guys? You've talked about them coming through 13s, 15s, 16s. Have they been on the radar for a long time now and you've known of them or have they had different progressions along the way? 
They've had slightly different progressions. Uh, Adams uh, come through that uh, that program and and played in the um, well. He comes through that interrupted COVID period when they went to an under 17s and an under 19s competition before they reverted back to an under 18s competition. So he we've known about Adam for some time. Uh, Mateus is a little bit different. Mateus comes with a bit of um, basketball background, and uh, he sort of bubbled along uh, in his own sort of steam and um, really got to know him in his 17th year and then obviously burst onto the, the scene in his 18th year. And He's got something special about him, Matthias. Yeah, no doubt he absolutely does. Uh, Sticks, I just want to know if there's any difference you've seen over the past maybe 10 years with the professionalism of all sample clubs growing. Have you seen, I guess, a, a marked improvement with the young development players like from 10 years ago to now are they better prepared i believe so yeah i think our clubs do a wonderful job in preparing them for the next level whether that be you know senior football at their uh, sample footy club or even onto the afl level look it's still a very difficult thing to get drafted it's um the, the numbers will suggest, you know, this year's draft is probably going to be down around about 55 to 60 selections. So, be, so to be selected in that group, you, you know, you've got to have a lot of things going right for you. So uh, it, it becomes really pointed. And then that actually elevates the fact that they have to be professional. To get through the system, you have to show professionalism. You have to show diligence. You have to show the willing and want to work hard in all all situations. So, yeah, that that um, that has increased over the years. So you, you mentioned the 55 to 60 players drafted this year. So what is the pass mark in your eyes for South Australia? How many would you like to see drafted? Um, and uh, what's uh, how's it going to stack up, I guess, in comparison to recent years? Well, we work, Dan, we always work to the, the average of 15. We, we, we benchmark ourselves against 15% of the total draft pool. So wherever the draft pool sits, we, we're looking to get 15%. So if we're down around 50 or 60, helping you out with the mass boys, we're probably down in around about 10 or thereabouts. Uh, of the draft pool that we're um, we're after, so um, gee, we'd like to see 2025 and get drafted. But the reality is that that's, that won't happen. Now, the, the good part about it, and I'm not a big fan of it, there's still the opportunity to get taken in the mid-season draft. So, whilst it might shut on you now, the, the door is still always open to get drafted if you want to put in the work at the sample club. And, and really knuckle down and get into some heavy workload, there's a chance that you could get drafted uh, as a 19, 20, 21-year-old. As you mentioned, it's a very hard to get drafted. Is there a support process for the guys that don't get drafted? Um, that is basically through the clubs. So uh, that is our genuine support mechanism. They, they, the, the opportunity to go back into their sample clubs and just re-engage with their sample clubs. And as I said, continue to work really hard. We, we have a player welfare that uh, will touch base with them post the draft. Those that we thought would be unlucky not to get drafted, we'll touch base with them and, and check in with them and as we will do during the course of the year. So there is that mechanism to, to pick them up, to to refocus them and then to push them in the right direction again. 
Now, Sticks, uh, you made an interesting point there, and we've talked about uh, the mid-season draft a little bit here on Sports Day. You're not a fan of it. There's some interesting opinions on it in terms of the length of contract, uh, the age that players are getting taken. I'd love to hear your perspective on this. Yeah, I, I come from a traditional sample perspective, and so that's where all my focus sort of lies. I, I think as, if I was a coach of a sample club, yes, I'd be really pleased for the individual player to get taken into the system, but that comes at the expense of your club. Um, so clubs that do a lot of work in terms of trying to get lists organised, come March, April or May or whatever the, the uh, mid-season draft is, they're snatched out of your grasp. So we take... Some, someone like Glenelg, for instance, where they have Brett Tanner go out of their, their system, they have Sam Durden go out of their system, they go from, you'd suggest, a very good chance of, of playing in a grand final to really battling to, to get in there. So it, it can change the whole complexity of your competition. Yes, great for those individuals, but for the whole competition, just to me, it's got some whiskers on it. Just want to talk to you about the draft combine and these these are had a couple of times a year and then uh, I just want to know what's the importance what importance do the clubs put on the combine because the scouts are there watching these young kids every week and they're watching tape and tape and tape and then they have this combine is is there uh, is there is that a chance for a player to all of a sudden come from the back of the field to the top to the head of the field uh in some instances, yes, that will be the case. If they blow a 20-metre uh, sprint apart and really put some, place some really good times, or if they run an unbelievable 2K time trial, makes people stand up and take notice. I call it the finishing touches. So they watch them play footy. They've got all the vision for them. We supply up to 1,000 bloody um, GPS data um, <laughs> back to the clubs now this is the last bit. They just want to see if they, you know, if what they're seeing on the field equates to what the, the clock and the time clock is telling them once they get going. So I call it the finishing touches, and it's probably, you know, to me the top end might move up one or down one space in terms of the the uh, batting order is what the clubs are probably looking at there. What they do do is they like them all in one spot so they can actually interview them, see how they. Um, conduct themselves around uh, different environments, um, put them out of their comfort zone a little bit. Uh, and some of the some of the questioning and some of the interviews that clubs uh, go through is, is quite funny. Well, that was going to be my next question, actually, is the, the player interviews. Is, is that done on purpose, like asking them really left-field questions, you know, like uh, if you were an animal, what animal would you be? Um, <laughs> is it just to get a reaction from the player or is there any anything scientific behind that questioning? Oh, they have their sports psychs going with them, so there's probably something in behind it. But I think what it is, it's actually to see if you can actually think on your feet. Um, you know, and that's basically, to me, what it's all about. You know, they ask people to count backwards in sevens from 100 backwards. Like, I'd, I'd struggle to get to the first two before <laughs> I, uh, I tapped out. But, um, you know, so they, they do ask some weird questions. But once again, it's about seeing if the player's honest and, and answers it in a certain manner. And, um, yeah, and just seeing if they can actually be light on their feet, think think their way through it, or just, you know, at the end of the day go, no, What's that all about? 
Yeah, it's a, it's a great point that Sticks makes there, Bonds, around the thinking on your feet. I, I wasn't asked too many challenging ones, but I, I did hear a story about someone who got asked to call a horse race and to call a horse race from start to finish. And I thought, how tough would that be to actually do as an 18-year-old kid um, to call a horse race about nothing you know about? Sticks, what are you, how, do you, how would you go with that? How would I go? Um, I'm not too good, I wouldn't have thought. So it'd be a very short horse race, I reckon. They'd be out of the barriers and they'd be across the finishing line before you knew it. <laughs> so that's great. Um, now, I wanted to ask you, the TAC Cup obviously is an extremely good competition. How do we compare over here in South Australia with our under-18s competition? Obviously, players can play in the reserves in the league comp. Where do you think it's at and how is it looking for future sake in the Sandful? Yeah, look, it's... It's a distinctly different competition. So that's their end of their club. So they come through that TAC club environment, they get to their 18th year, and that is the end of their journey with inside that football club. We have the added advantage of staying inside our football club. Once we get to our 18th year, if we're not drafted, then we go on to reserve grade and then hopefully league grade. Whereas a kid coming out of the TAC cup, we'll have to then come out of the Sandringham Dragons or one of the other competitions they got over there and then look to find a VFL club or back into the local community environment. So it has its advantages in terms of their focus, their TAC Cup focus is 100% on developing individual players to play AFL uh, football. Ours is slightly different. We're getting better at it, I must admit. Uh, we're getting much, much better at that, but it's not. It's about developing that player to go on and play league football with a view of if they're good enough, they can play AFL football. Yeah, absolutely. And so touching on those players, we've already spoke about Mateus Philippou and Adam Dealoya. Is there some other ones that we should take a look for and keep our eye out on? Isaac Keel is one that springs to mind, Harry Barnett. Is there a few others that we need to keep our eye on, Sticks? Yeah, the ones that I'm really looking forward to seeing is you mentioned Harry Barnett. So he's a 202 centimetre rackman, West Adelaide. So he had a fantastic um, under 18 carnival this year, all Australian at that level as a, as a rackman. Isaac Keeler, uh, I've watched this kid has come through as a 15 year old right the way through, and he can do some really special things on a football field. He's a genuine 198 centimetre, smooth moving. Um, indigenous lad from up Port Augusta area can show some signs of being that laconic type footballer but when he wants to get up and motor gee he's got some tricks about him um, Max Michelani so uh, Jim's Michelani's um, young colt so he's obviously um, the Crows will take him with a father-son pick so he's a sort of lock Jacob Ryan's one from Glenelg and Sacred Heart College he's an interesting one plays Predominantly off a half-back line and just a really good intercept um, half-backer that can really penetrate. Reminds me a bit of a young uh, Daniel Mendel, as as a matter of fact, and the way he can read it and cut it and and then rebound it and repel it back out the other way. So they're the the main ones that uh, went across to the um, national combine. And then there's probably one or two out of the state combines, I reckon, is a crummy chance. I really like a kid from down at South Adelaide, a kid called Kyle Marshall. So he's a genuine 200-centimetre key defender. So he's he's got some real 
speed about him, so I quite like what he does, and I'd love to see him get on a list somewhere. Reminds me a little bit of uh, Harry Petty when he comes through my programs a few years ago. So and Harry goes on to be a premiership player, so he's that type a kid that I reckon will get on the list. Now, sticks on a personal note. I just wondered whether the either the Adelaide Footy Club or the Port Adelaide Footy Club have approached you to come to the club and be their number one junior recruiter? Uh, no. <laughs> Good answer. answer. No. <laughs> is, is, that, is that something that would interest you? Like, you obviously love the role that you're doing. You've been in it a long time. But if, if an AFL club approached you to become their junior development officer, for want of a better term, uh, is that something mm. you'd look at? Oh, look, I'm I'm really comfortable and happy at the sample. Would I say no and would I not talk to them? No, you'd be mad not to. So you, I, I have an open mind about most things. So, But in saying that, I'm really comfortable and um, I love what I do at the, the sample. But if they come to me, yeah, of course you'd have a, you'd be mad if you didn't have, have a look at it. Sticks, it's been great talking with you. It's always very insightful. We appreciate you joining us on Sports Day SA, and next time we'll get you on to call that race for us as well. <laughs> very good. Dan Menzel wins that race by a short half head. There we go. <laughs> Thanks, Sticks. There we go. Sticks Phillips there. Thank you very much there. Always so insightful there, Bonds. Um, he, he's mentioned plenty of names there. He gave some really good perspective on a lot of different players. And the thing that probably amazes me and others is they know about these players from such a long way out, as, yes. as early as 13. Yes. Uh, I mean, there's not many that can slip through the cracks if that's the case. No. And and you, if you have ability and you are going to make it at the top level, generally you will. But every now and again, there's there's a diamond in the rough, and and I'm sure Brenton Phillips has had a few diamonds in the rough that he's gone through and gone, yeah, this I, I see something special in this kid. I'm just waiting, and maybe you know that uh, Cole Marshall from South Adelaide, maybe he's the one that goes through. Yeah, he might be. And I mean, he talked about Caleb Daniel as well. It's yes. that usually it's a knock one thing that's a knock on a player that they go, well, this guy can play, but you're gonna you're gonna uh, be hesitant because of one reason and. They absolutely prove them wrong in the long run. So there you had it. Sticks, Phillips joining us on Sports Day SA. Bonds, I think it's time uh, later in the show now, I think it's time we might get to a little bit of American sports. So we're going to get on to men's American sports update brought to you by Tire Power, brands you can trust like Maxxis Tires, big holiday sale on now. We are going to go to the NBA and the NFL with this sports update. Beautiful, because I want to just question you about the uh, jumper you got on today. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you are a big Philadelphia Eagles fan, and uh, they didn't have their best day today. Well, let's start with the NFL <laughs> then. And uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, for those out there who don't know, were 8-0 and going into Undefeated. today's game. Undefeated. The Arguably the best team in it, the team that I go for. They played against one of their rivals, uh, only probably 60 kilometers down the road, the Washington Commanders. Now, the Commanders. The worst nickname in sport. 100% agree. They could have gone the generals. They could have gone so many other things. They went with the commanders and today they they had their day. They won 32 to 21 against the Philadelphia Eagles. Look, I, I'm a believer that you need to have a loss or a couple of losses in there just to make sure that things are going all right. Jalen Hurts, their quarterback, said that uh, a hungry dog is much better than where they were at. So read into that what you want. I think it might help them in the long run. Agreed. We're going to go to – there was a game in Munich. I mean, it'd be great yes. if they could get one here in Australia, and hopefully that will come soon enough. But they played in Germany. So 
Tampa Bay played in Germany. They won 21 to 16. Tom Brady has now played in, I think it's four different countries in the world, and there's no player that's done it more than twice. Uh, I know he is 45, 46 years of age, but a really important win for the Buccaneers. It puts them level at the top of their division, uh, and we might see Tom Brady in another final series um, coming forward. Did you see any of this game? Because there was a really weird feel at the start of the game. There wasn't the normal crowd reaction. Yes. Because a lot of the people that were there, there were 75,000 people or something. But a lot of the people there, while they're NFL fans, they've probably never been to a game and you don't get the passion. 100%. You don't know how to react. You don't know what's coming. It's Allianz Arena in Munich. It is an incredible stadium, one of the best stadiums in the world. And they put on an incredible display. So it uh, it's one that's going to grow in countries like Germany that's going to obviously have a great following Really important for the NFL. They do it as well as anyone. The game of the year, Bonds, was the Vikings, who are 8-1 and one now, against the Buffalo Bills, who are a lot of people's favorites to win the Super Bowl. The Vikings won 33-30. to 30. I'm not sure if you caught any of this. I didn't see any of this one, unfortunately. So the Vikings were a 1% chance to win the game. They went for it. They didn't get uh, the touchdown. And then Josh Allen, who had the ball on his one-yard line, just had to get the quarterback snap and run out of the basically their end zone. If he does that, they win the game. He fumbles the snap. He fumbles the snap. And not only that, but the Vikings defense actually recovers it in the end zone for a touchdown to force it to overtime in which the Vikings win 33-30, to 30, an incredible finish. It's well worth checking out the highlights package of that game. Now, another game that was actually a very good game as well, and it's one that we talked about Tom Brady a couple of weeks ago and his struggles. Well, he's bounced back. This guy has as well, and that is Aaron Rodgers. The Green Bay Packers, they got a win over the Dallas Cowboys 31-28. to 28. They were down 28-14 to 14 in this game, a massive win for the Packers at home. Yeah, I think he hasn't been the player since he cut his hair, Aaron Rodgers. So I think <laughs> no, he's look. He's a he's a quality player. Has been a quality player for a long time. Just like Brady, they are superstars, and you can never count them out. Absolutely, since he cut his hair, and he was the host of Jeopardy in America as well. <laughs> well I didn't it's, know that. Yes, it's gone downhill ever since there for Aaron Rodgers. The last two games I want to finish on. Two games that are pretty important in terms of what's going to happen for the rest of the season. The Kansas City Chiefs, they are rolling at the moment with Patrick Mahomes. He's probably leading the MVP race. They are 7-2 and two off the back of a win, 27-17 to 17 over the Jacksonville Jaguars. And the other one, look out for this team. If you're an avid fan of NFL and you're not too sure, the San Francisco 49ers, they are only 5-4. and four. They beat the LA Chargers 22-16. to 16. They have a lot of defensive players out at the moment. Christian McCaffrey, they've just traded for. I could easily see them get on a run here and go all the way this year. Can Garoppolo take them all he, the way? He's taken them there in the past. And what happened was he got beaten uh, by Patrick Mahomes on the last play. So he's done it in the past. There's a lot of people who are skeptical about him. Um, but uh, he is he's absolutely one that um, could take him there, I believe. Um we're going to move to NBA, but just before we do, we're going to we're going to break in report here that Novak Djokovic has apparently been granted a visa and is all clear to play in the 2023 Australian Open. That's massive. It is massive. If he wants to come, that's if, that'd be fantastic. Uh, I know. After what happened last year, you'd you'd be skeptical if you Novak, but he's got so many tournament trophies here. He's got to run down Rafa. I feel like he he'll, definitely will. He'll be here. He will definitely be here. That's good news. That is great news for Novak and for Australia as well. It's going to make the tournament uh, just that little bit better. 
Now, the last one we're going to touch on is the NBA. And so, Bonds, I want to touch on yesterday's games before we finish and before we move on to today because there were some massive things happened yesterday. Joel Embiid, who I've touched on, I've got a little Had a day out? Yes, he did have a day out. They won 105 to 98 over Utah. How's this for a stat line? 59 points, 11 rebounds, 8 assists, and 7 blocks. His coach said it's the most dominating performance he's ever seen. I mean, that is incredible. Darius Garland for Cleveland also put up 51 you know, lost to Minnesota, 124 to 129. And Australia's own, Josh Giddy, 36's own. Yes. 24-point triple-double in the win over the Knicks at Madison Square Garden, 145 to 135. And I just want to touch on today's games. Now, your Celtics, they got the job done again, 126 to 122 over the Thunder. Wasn't easy. They, uh, I watched a bit of this too uh, while I was eating my lunch. Uh, but they... Yeah, the Celtics just had a bit too much class in the fourth quarter. Um, Oklahoma City led most of the second half, but in the end, um, yeah, Smart had a big last quarter. Um, Pritchard was good in the third, and uh, yeah, it was all it was all the Celtics in the end. It was the Heat beat the Suns one hundred and thirteen to one hundred and twelve, and the Hawks beat the Bucks one twenty one to one hundred and six. So your Celtics have the best record in the NBA at eleven and three. And how's this? The Lakers are three and ten. Not great. That's great. That's great. It, it is great for Celtics fans. Absolutely. The rivalry there between the Celtics and the Lakers goes back, dates back a long way. Well, Bonds, it's been fun. Uh, it's a different chair for me today and yourself, but I've really enjoyed it. You've done a fantastic job. Well done, Dan. And uh, your brother's coming in tomorrow. Troy will be in tomorrow to work with you, obviously, here. So hopefully it goes all right. I'm not sure we'll be in the host chair. You'll be back sitting here tomorrow. But uh, it's been great. Absolutely. I hope everyone's loved the show. You've been listening to Sports Day SA. You're listening to Sports Day for Kia. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car. They made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.